here and today is Juicy. Oh, I don't think y'all are ready for this episode. Today, we're going to be talking about what white people can do to support BIPOC, Black Indigenous people of color, and to actually have a material effect without having any money on the systems of white supremacy and systemic racism. Let's get into it, baby. Hello, white people. Aren't you getting a special treat today? If you want to pay me, my cash app is money sign, cult leader N. All right? So again, if you want to pay me for my labor, oh, because I'm working hard out here, you can. Again, at cult leader N. So let's get into it. So I've been thinking about this for a long time. You know, I've been really ruminating in my body. And I was on TikTok. And man, did I hear a great white boy saying some great stuff. You watch the video on my Insta. But anyway, white people. And also other people of color and to support each other. If you want to make a material change on systemic racism, you have to face racists, face bigots, and talk to them with compassion and love. Sorry about it. Sorry about it because White people, you can change them. And it might take a day. It might take a week. It might take a year. But that's the hard work. You don't get to just, oh, no, this person's racist. Ah, that hurts me. No, it doesn't hurt you. It doesn't change anything about your life. You're bringing other people of color that you know into that room when they're not there and imagining their suffering because it's not your suffering. You're not being harmed. It should not be uncomfortable for white people to be around racists. Because guess what, baby? You're still racist yourself. You still have internalized racism yourself. As do we all. So I'm sick and tired of cancel culture. Because cancel culture allows neoliberal, liberal, leftist folks. It allows them to skirt by doing things that aren't going to change anything. It's not going to change anything. And not coming to people who are racist not, not not you going to people who are racist and being like, systemic racism and big words, intersectionality. Nah, shut up. Basic 
accessible language, meet them where they are. Because if you don't, they'll shut down. And guess who we need, baby? We need them. We need the poor working class people who are white. We need your run-of-the-mill um, liberal who is racist. We need, unfortunately, because of the system we live in, we need white people to change. And if you're actually a white fucking ally, guess what you're going to do? Next time someone's something racist, you're going to take a step back, assess how you're feeling, realize that you're in no danger. Yeah, this might be uncomfortable for my friend N, but guess what, baby? N's not there. And if I am there, I'll handle myself. But when you're in that space, when you're with your grandparent, when you're with your family, when you're in the workplace, guess whose job it is to make material change? Yours. Mm, that hits that hits in the chest. You feel that? You feel that like in the solar plexus, that tension? I feel it. Maybe it's just me. That's the hardship. And guess what? Change isn't easy. Change isn't neat. Change isn't upworthy, baby. Change is dirty and messy and full of hard goddamn choices. That's what change is. Change is compromising on your humanity when you don't want to. Change is having to sit with somebody who is degrading, dehumanizing one of your best friends of color. That's change. And if you really want to change things, having a leftist, liberal bubble is helping no one. Having only not racist friends is helping no one. White people, change your tune. Because you guys talking amongst yourselves is accomplishing nothing. And I'm telling you, you will learn more about systemic racism and white supremacy that you hold within yourself if you face a racist and love them. Because they really are the least of us. In terms of I don't even know it in terms of, but that felt right to say that they're the ones who are actually struggling because I'll survive because I'm a survivor. But unfortunately, because of the infantilization and the babying of white feelings, he or she or they are the ones who really need your help. And guess what? You don't have to tell anybody about it. You don't have to celebrate your victory. Sit with that yourself and see yourself in a racist. Because as much as you think you're not, we're all a bit racist. It feels so good to shed the bullshit. It feels so good to finally say, ah, 
things are complicated, aren't they? Because whiteness has again, as it always does, appropriated activism to make it a purity fucking test. And that isn't how the world works. The world is gray, the world is sloppy, the world is fucking messy. And we're always going to be hurt by this or by that, but life is not ever gonna be easy. So learn to take the L when you can. I am learning to take the L when I can. And in my life, I don't have to change white people if I don't want to. But if you're a white ally, that's your job. Love thy enemy. Whew! Doesn't that hit different? Because the reality is they're hurting and they're scared and they think that it's me, the big, bad, trans, queer, black, disabled person. They think it's me. But you know better. And you know this actual system. And you know who it is. And it's your job. Mixed white person. It's your job, sir white person. It's your job, madam white person. To do something. And like I said a second ago, you will learn more about your own racism and about systemic racism in that process. You know, you can comment in on these podcasts and tell me if it, if it happens. You can learn more from them than I think you'll ever learn from me or you ever learn from black people. Because this isn't about me. This is about your white world. And as much as I try, it's not about me. Your racism is not about me. It's about your own world. And unfortunately, because I'm black, I can't touch that. And I'll never be able to. And that's the L I'm taking. But in this L I'm taking, I'm telling you that you can affect change and it's fucking free. All it costs you is emotional labor. And if you don't have that, then you don't have that. But if you do have that, maybe it's more efficient to go and talk to some racist people than it is to go to rally. Oh, oh, I said it. That feels right to me, too. Because marching might feel good, might look good, but your white ass being there does not have any material change. But you, silently sneaking around whiteness and undermining its integrity, if enough people do that, it will crumble. And also, if you're going to have kids, whether it be um, through 
bio means, through adoption means, fostering, whatever. You know, family of other um, family, chosen family. If you're going to be around children, how are you going to teach them to be not racist if you couldn't teach your parent how to not be racist? What hope do you have of teaching your white children if you can't even change another white person? I'll tell you, it's not going to be good. Because you don't really know how to be not racist. And when you finally learn how to change white people and to make them better and to make them not racist, you won't care to talk to black people anymore. You'll just know when to listen. You'll do your reading. you listen to the POC friends that you do have. And you'll hear more than you ever than you're ever hearing before. Because you'll you'll get it. You'll get the trials and tribulations of trying to change somebody who's not fucking ready to change. And you'll have more sympathy as I've gained for really the privileged. Because I see their pain. And I'm living a true life. They aren't. I'm living a full life. They aren't. I just want to sit with the silence in that one. It's powerful to not be afraid. It's powerful to face an enemy. That's what they write stories about. And if we, as a generation, if we, as a community, are going to do anything, it's going to be hard. And it's going to involve looking in all the uncomfy places, which in this context, for my white listeners is facing your own racism via helping a bigot, helping a racist. Because in that space, you too are white and you are not in danger. And that's the truth. Some DBT for you guys. Check the facts, baby. Because the facts of the situation is you're fine. And if you feel not fine, do a little investigation. Because it's not about your black friend. It's not about black people. It's about fucking you. And you feel uncomfortable. And conjecture I have, maybe you feel uncomfortable because you understand a little bit, don't you? That's just my conjecture. That might not be your truth. This is a very you episode, isn't it? Ah, but it feels good uh, to say you, white people. (laughs) Oh, Lord of mercy. So, to summarize... 
you have power, dear white person, and I do not. I can wax and wane about being black, about my experience, about the literature I've researched. White people aren't going to listen to me. But they might listen to you. And if you sympathize, if you understand where their hatred and anger is actually coming from, which in this day and age is mostly by a class, then we might have a chance. But that's not up to me. I'm doing the work that I need to do. And now the question is, now that you've heard a black person tell you, this is what white people can do. Are you going to do it?